Hey everyone, welcome. Welcome back to another episode of Get Real with Mama Moines. And I'm so sorry, I've been wanting to do this for a long time and then life gets in the way. And I really wanted to get pretty today, like actually do my makeup, do my hair, because what I'm starting to do now is also post these to YouTube. So it used to be that I would just do a podcast, just the audio, no video. Um, so I could be wearing whatever I could be in my pajamas or whatever. But now since I have had requests to also add it to my YouTube channel, I feel like I have to look somewhat presentable. This is about as presentable as you're going to get for those of you that are not, uh, that are listening in your cars, perhaps. Yeah, whatever. It's just not pretty. No makeup, no hair, toque on the head. It is what it is. It's not a highlight reel. It is a reality reel. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm getting sidetracked. Okay, I'm back doing the podcast because, well, I've always wanted to do it. And for those of you that don't know, I started doing the podcast about a year ago. And it was sort of a follow-up to a book that I wrote. I really should have the book here. I'm such, like, I'm so, I'm terrible at this. I don't even ask for subscribers or rate the podcast or give it a like or a thumbs up or whatever you're supposed to ask for. I don't do that. And I don't have the book here. Anyway, um, it's sort of a follow-up to the book, which was written about six years ago. Rise Up. It's called Rise Up. Take Charge. Break the Cycle and Rebuild a Kick-Ass Life. So for those of you that don't know, around that time, six years ago, I started a whole Facebook page. I know it's Facebook. I wasn't on Instagram. My demographic is that we tend to gravitate to Facebook. I'm in my fifties and that's sort of where the old people go. But now I have ventured out into Instagram and YouTube and I wanted to just create a platform that brings a community together that we can sort of collectively make each other feel like we are not alone in our struggles, especially if you are in toxic relationships, going through a divorce, a single mom, everything that I have been through. Um, I want to help you overcome or get inspired or motivated or encouraged or empowered um, to keep moving forward, to persevere, to having to go through or having gone through <clears throat> all that adversity, all those struggles, and still persevering and having that goal in mind to just rebuild yourself one hell of a kick-ass life. And it really is mindset. It is mind over matter. And that's what I've been doing for the last five or six years. I was in a very privileged marriage financially, and I had to sort of figure out how to, after that marriage ended, second marriage, so talk about feeling like a total freaking loser, second divorce, um, how to navigate those waters approaching my 50s, how to move on, uh, how to start over, how to live, how to live and create a new normal. So I've been doing all of that for the past Actually, it's going on seven years now, and I want to share it with you. So I have a website, mamamoins.com. You can join that. Um, there's lots of uh, information about the book, lots of information about um, identifying toxic relationships, red flags, how not to ignore them, all, every, 
everything that is rebuilding, regrouping, um, just self-reflecting, it's all in the book. So check out my website, mamamoins.com. And um, hopefully that'll give you a lot of help and a lot of insight as to move forward, let go and rise up. Now, today's podcast was inspired by a, a meeting I had in a store uh, uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago. Now, I was out doing some shopping and I was recognized, which blows me away that I was recognized from being on TV for five minutes. Um, I had a lot more to say, by the way, than just a five minute. Let's just say that. Um, and she, God bless her. She noticed me. She asked me if I was Emily and I said, yes. And then she's like, oh, I follow your podcast. And then instantly I started feeling really guilty because I knew I hadn't done a podcast since July. I went to Portugal with my family, with Blake actually, which I highly recommend all you parents traveling with your kids is such, it was such a profound cathartic experience that entire trip, but so, 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 so worth it. Um, and she said that she looked forward to listening and uh, she was actually shopping for her and her sisters were shopping for items to put together for their mother's celebration of life. Well, did that not just break my freaking heart and that she listened to the podcast. She's a brand new mom herself and that it gives her, it inspires her. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, she followed up with a DM saying that she really appreciated the time that I took to, to speak to her, to acknowledge her, to validate her. And I <clears throat> walked away from that experience thinking, no, thank you. Thank you. Because you validated what I do. Because oftentimes when I do the podcast, and I think I have probably, I don't know, 30, sorry, my dogs are in the background. See, I'm so unprofessional. Coho, can you just lay down and relax, buddy? Seriously, just lay down and relax. You're screwing up my, my audio. <laughs> she validated what I do because sometimes I feel like there's a million podcasters out there. Who the heck is listening to me? And I don't have the answers to everything, but what I do have as a 56-year-old is experience. I've been through two divorces. I uh, feel like I am a single mom. I have three kids and uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back because I feel like I have done a damn good job raising these three kids so that they are productive, kind, compassionate um, individuals that are actually, you know, making a difference in the world or being, you know, productive. And I remember when they were little and a teacher would tell me that, you know, compliment me on how polite they were, or how sweet they were or whatever. And still to this day, that is the biggest compliment you can give me. And, and to me, it is the uh, greatest achievement of my life. It really is, is having raised um, these three incredible kids. And so a question I get a lot and a comment that was made from this girl that I met when she DM'd me the next day to thank me was that she really admires how, or the relationship or how I, um, how I, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh my gosh, I have dementia. How the exchange I have with my kids 
it's uh, for the most part, she said it's, it's sweet to see and it's funny. And she loves the rapport and the relationship that I have with them. So I'm not an expert. All I can tell you is how I navigated my way through a divorce and then being a single mom and how I raised my kids intentionally raised them with the help of their father, of course, but for the most part, they did spend a lot more time in, in my home. The one thing that I can say to you more than anything, bar none, is that I have always, and I am so emphatic about this, treated my kids like my kids. What I mean by that is they are... <laughs> Hi, Coho. They are, show your kids a lot of love and affection and they will never leave your side. Same for animals. Oh my God. They are my children and I am their mother first. I am not their best friend. I am not their buddy. I am their mother. There is a big, big difference. My kids can, for those of you that are not, watching this on YouTube and that are listening just through a pod, my dog, it's not even my dog, Blake, my son's dog, my son's dog has literally, and he's a horse, by the way, he's probably a hundred and I don't know, 20 pounds has literally made himself comfortable up on my lap and is forcing me out of the screen. <laughs> Kiko, I'm sorry, but you got to get down. I'm, I'm trying to be professional. Sorry. Uh, going back to how I raised my kids, mother first, always, of course, you're always going to be there for them. Of course, you are going to listen, really listen. And you're going to um, always want them to feel like they can run towards you rather than run away from you. If there's any issues, you want to try to not be too judgmental, but you want to be their mom. You want to be a parent. And sometimes tough love comes into play and you have to use tough love. They have, listen, they have a shit ton of friends. They don't need any more friends. They need a mother. And when there is a parent-child relationship, as close as you can be to that child, and they know that they can come to me for anything at any time, and I have sacrificed, and I will continue to sacrifice, and they will always come first, there is still a level of respect and the line that you do not cross. And I want that. And they need that. I am their mom. I am not their buddy. I do not share my dating stories with them. I do not share my intimate, personal things that I would share a best friend, share with a best friend with them. When I was divorced from their dad, they were very young. I made a conscientious effort. It wasn't a conscientious effort. It was just a matter of a fact. When they were with me, we had week on week off. I was with them present hundred percent of the time. When they were gone to their dads, then I would date. Then I would have a girl's night. Then I would do my thing, whatever that may be. But when I was with them and they were in my home for that week, it was all about them. And when I started dating and they didn't understand that, then I'm sorry. I did a post on my Instagram um, and it was about um, how 
kids come first, no matter what, before your boyfriend, before your outings, before your drinking, before your partying, before whatever. And I was going to make it a story and I actually made it into a post, which is going to stay there permanently because I think it's really important for people to go back to that, <clears throat> to always be there as a matter of reference. So I think it's so important that you not cross the line between buddy and parent. I recall distinctly, we had a cottage back in the day when I was married to Mr. Moneybags, which I'm no longer married to anymore. Um, we were at the cottage and my middle child had um, a bunch of friends over. I think they were probably, I'm gonna say maybe like 17, 18, 18, maybe 19 and around there. Um, and they, he had a bunch of friends over and I distinctly remember one of their friends lit up a, uh, God, I don't, a, a blunt, just smoking marijuana, a joint, a joint. He lit up, he lit up a joint in the kitchen while I was making breakfast. And I distinctly remember my son going like, Whoa, like, dude, buddy, your mom's right there. And I was so touched by that because I knew they were smoking pot. Like I wasn't going to bury my head in the sand, but I also wasn't going to condone it. Like it was just perfectly normal to light up a joint in my kitchen as I'm cooking breakfast. And my son knew enough about me and my boundaries that that was not okay. That was not going to be acceptable. Maybe in his house and that's fine. You do you, you run your family the way you want. I will do me. And I think that I don't think, I know it, it's worked for me. I can attest, and I wish my kids were here, to the fact that I have a great relationship with all three of my kids. They mean the world to me. They are my life. They are my reason for being. Even though they are adults, it has not changed for me. And there was always boundaries, and they knew those boundaries. So for my child to speak up and say, not cool, you can't do that, like, I don't know, go outside. You can't light up a joint in the kitchen with my mom while she's cooking breakfast. Um, was just, you know, a real sort of, it just solidified the fact that they got it. And there's still a certain level of respect. Even today, my children are all adults. My oldest is 32. My youngest is, oh my God, how old are you, Tay? 27, 28? <laughs> born in 95, do the math. They're all adults and we're very close and they know they can come to me for anything, but there's things I don't discuss with them. They are not, there still has to be a parent child relationship. So I don't talk about my dates. I don't talk about, I mean, we are, we're very open and we have conversations, but they don't need to know about my sexual escapades, nor do I need to know about theirs level of respect, be a parent first. Secondly, and I made notes. So let me just see what my second note was. Um, oh, allow them to spread their wings. Okay. That's a big one too, because, <clears throat> because sometimes, no, well, I see it a lot now. I find that society is really sort of turned into more of a coddling um, sort of parenting style and being very, uh, like, is it called a helicopter parenting or hoovering? Like you, you're 
like directing them or guiding them every step of the way. And I think it's important to let them spread their wings. I'm also going to, I'm going to give you an example of this. So I had one of my children that was, um, had gone to university and was really adamant about, uh, and went to university for five years and took all the courses that they were going to require to go on to, um, I'm just going to say it. I mean, he wanted to be a vet to go on to vet school and did very well, graduated with honors. And then at the 11th hour decided that he wanted to be a pilot. Well, as a parent, it was like, ugh, ouch. Okay, that was a lot of money to go to school for the science program. And I really wanted selfishly to have, quote unquote, a doctor in the family. Well, he wanted to be a pilot. And so I had to sort of swallow that and, and support him and encourage him and just let him do his thing. Spread your wings, go, be happy, find something that you love to do, figure out how to make money at it. And if that's being a pilot, then so be it. Suffice it to say, he is now a pilot. Good for you. All of my kids, I encourage them to, and this is advice I would give to any of you, and we all know it and we've all heard it before, find something in life that when you have to wake up in the morning and go to work, it doesn't feel like work. You enjoy it. You like it. It's not even for the paycheck. It's just for the satisfaction that you get of doing it. And I think that for the most part, most of my kids, not well, they have, I mean, they have. Cody is a pilot. My daughter owns her own business. She is um, uh, a groomer. Uh, my kids are all obsessed with animals and, and a huge love for animals. So she loves what she does. And then Blake, well, we all know Blake. That's the reason why I'm, you know, recognized. I was on uh, the bachelorette for hometowns and um, he is following his passion. He's all about saving the world and the environment and endangered species and making a difference in this world. And he's following his passion. So I think that, like I said, I don't know everything there is to know about parenting. I am not perfect by any means, pretty freaking close, but not, not quite. And, um, and they have, they're all doing what they love to do. And I think if you can steer your kids in the right direction and don't force them, they will be happy, productive members of society contributing in a positive way to this world. So let them spread their wings. Even though you may not, you know, it might be like a big ouch, let them do it. They will find their way. They will find their way. Also, what I wanted to make mention um, was that, you know, for parenting. So their dad has, oh, how do I put this diplomatically? So their dad was sort of the one that was more like I was the soft place for them to fall. And their dad was sort of had the more, the tougher, the more like stringent rules, the one that was more, I'm going to give you an example. I'll give you an example because I'm having a hard time trying to explain myself because I think it's okay to have like the softer parent and then the one that is tougher and stricter. So even though I always had very strict boundaries and there was rules that you had to follow, I was also the softy. Whereas their dad was the one that was more like, mm, mm, mm. so when they were young, I remember Blake because he's my oldest. So I refer to him a lot. He did not want to play hockey <clears throat> and he got a late start. In Canada, if you're not on skates by the time you're three or four, you're already already behind the eight ball. So I think he was like eight, seven, eight, nine, and around there. And we wanted, well, we, 
I mean, I, yeah, I wanted him to play hockey, but I didn't care. His dad, of course, being, you know, a guy that grew up and played hockey, wanted him to play hockey. And we signed him up for hockey and he hated it. And he hated it and he hated it and he hated it. And I, being the softy and being this, you know, the softer one and the nurturing parent was like, you know, oh, you know, Brian, maybe he doesn't like it. Let him do something else. Maybe, you know, let him whatever. And he was like, adamant, hard. No, no, he can't just quit. He committed to the team. He's going to follow through. And there was no way in hell that kid was going to quit hockey. Well, guess what? He, and and we would have fights about it, his dad and I, because I'd be like, oh my God, like, give the kid a break. He's only seven. He's only eight. Like, he doesn't like it. And uh, it turns out that it was the best decision we ever made. Both, actually, all three of my kids, Taylor played ringette. It's like hockey. All three of my kids played hockey all throughout, went on to play the highest level of hockey you can play, triple A triple a hockey played for the rep team blake went on to play for his university the kid that hated it and cried every time we put him on the ice cody played hockey taylor played ring at cody went on to play football for his university and i would have been the parent that would have said okay don't play you don't want to play don't play i don't want to and i thank god today that for that and other things like camping and all the rugged manly stuff that they had a dad that did that with them, that taught them, that showed them. And then for me, they, like, there's such a, such a balance of the masculine and the feminine, which I think is really still very important today that they are exposed to both and that it just is, I know, just, it's like, it's a nice balance. So let the dads be the dads sometimes it's hard because there was days that Blake would be crying and, and we didn't want to go. And had I not had that dad, I would have said, okay, honey, stay home. But I'm glad in hindsight that we persevered, that he learned what commitment was, that he toughed it out and that he didn't quit. So that's another parenting um, tip that I found very useful. Um, I also am always there for them always, always. Uh, I do insert my opinion. I do. But in the long run, I let them sort of make up their own mind and come to a conclusion on their own. Um, I mean, of course, unless it's, you know, something that is going to be detrimental, then yeah, I'm going to definitely going to step in and go, yeah, no, 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 we're not doing that. But for the most part, I really just let them figure it out on their own and not really insert myself too much. Uh, I also have a podcast. Mm, I don't, I can't remember. I can't remember what it's entitled. Uh, I think it's like, if you, if for every parent suffering with a suffering, with a child that has a, a physical or that has a, an ailment or something like, I can't remember what it's entitled. And I'm sorry, I apologize. I did it a long, long time ago, but I also had um, a lot of struggles early on with one of my kids that was born with a lot of medical issues, medical problems. And I encourage you all to listen to that podcast. 
if you are going through any sort of struggle, if you have any medical issues, it wasn't mental health for me, it was like pretty much all physical stuff, like physical, physical, um, medical issues that we had to endorse parents, very, very young parents. I was married at 23. I had my first baby at 24, the second at 25. And so, you know, there was, there was really, it was a lot. We were faced with a lot after, um, it was Cody. After Cody was born, we were told he probably would always limp and he would need calf extensions. When he was two, they thought he might've had kidney cancer. I mean, we were faced with so much, but I want you to listen to that podcast because I wish I had known then what I knew now, because it would have saved me so many tears, worry, sleepless nights, weight loss, Oh, there, I, I went through a period where I was just consumed with worry, needless worry. So have a listen to that podcast because that kid that back 30 years ago, I thought was going to have all these major issues that he was not going to be, uh, you know, someone that would be very, um, productive. And that kid has surpassed everything, every single challenge that has been presented. He has surpassed it. Have a listen to that podcast. I think it could really be beneficial if you are really struggling with a child that has any sort of medical problems. And so I'm going to come to a conclusion because you guys, even though I do this podcast and I'm here to help you and to help to uplift and inspire and encourage just really by my experience alone, I do have a full-time job and I help my daughter out with her business and I have a house and I feel like I am like pulled in a million different directions all the time. So I am only going to be doing podcasts that are 30 minutes, no more. I try and get it all in 30 minutes. And if I don't get it all in, then maybe next week I'll do another one and I'll add to perhaps what I forgot to put in this one or something else I wanted to talk about. So this was just a quick little recap of, well, that exchange I had with that person that recognized me and that her concern, not her concern, but her comment about how she really admired how um, the relationship that I had with my children. And so I thought, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about how the sacrificing and the conscious decision to always put them first has led to having now adult children that I could not be more proud of. And so that is that. Um, I just also wanted to add, talk about putting them first. When their dad and I decided to separate to divorce, which is really, really, really difficult, difficult decision, we made a decision to live in the same neighborhood. And we literally lived around the corner from each other because we wanted our kids to have access to both parents any time of the day or night. And I remember my kids sometimes would come home from school when they were with their dad and they'd go, hey, mom, dad's making pork chops. What do you got for dinner? And I'd be like, I don't know, I got spaghetti, come on over. They'd get on their bikes, they'd come by. So putting them first, always, no matter what, even when you don't want to, even when you don't want to be close, living close to your ex-husband, putting them first, they will, 
they know that, they know that, and they don't feel like their time is yet again subdivided. Anyway, that's all I got to say on this matter. Thank you for sticking with me. Um, I just actually had a really great conversation with someone on the phone this morning who is still struggling after two years um, with a, a relationship that ended and she is shocked or she's not shocked. She's just like, it's been two years. I thought I would have moved on by now. Mm -mm. When you have been in a narcissistic, narcissistic abusive relationship, it takes a lot longer than two years. It also depends on how long you were in that toxic environment, but it does take a lot longer and there are triggers and it's perfectly okay to have those triggers. You just can't, can't stay stuck in, in isolation or in, I'm going to do a podcast on that. I'll do a podcast on that next. For so those of you that are still stuck and that feel like you're never going to move on, you're not alone. It's quite normal. There are triggers and I can help you get unstuck. That was me. And having said that, having said that, I've been out of my mm, marriage for going on seven years and I just went down. Okay. Fun fact. I had a date for the first time in a long, long, long time. And I went to Prince Edward County on that date uh, because we sort of met, it was a halfway point. My point is that that's where I used to go with my ex-husband and boy, did I get triggered at one point? And it was hard. It was really, really hard. And it sort of took me right back and sucked me down that rabbit hole for, for a split second. And that was, it's, I've been out of that marriage for seven years. So completely normal. Anyway, I'm going to sign off. Thanks for listening, guys. I am going to put this on YouTube as well. Um, if you'd rather, you know, have visual rather than just listening. And uh, that's it. Have a great day. And I will try and get another podcast out in the next week or so. Thanks for following along with Get Real with Mama Moines. And I will talk to you all next week. Bye.